0: Hey everyone, welcome to What's Up with Pastor Chuck, and today we're going to be talking about something that if you're a leader, it could actually be transforming. It could be something that takes your effectiveness to a whole new level, and it's something that I believe I was instinctively doing, but when I started intentionally doing it, it became a game changer for me in the ministries I did and the leadership I showed over the past Oh, gosh, probably all the way back to the 1980s. (laughs) So I'm old, you guys, because back in the 80s, when I began to discover this, it began to really change things about how I did things and the joy I had when I did it. And uh, it comes down to something that probably you already know. If you're going to be a leader, then obviously you need to lead people. Uh, Because if there's no one to lead, (laughs) you're alone. You're not a leader. And everybody needs people. God even said in Genesis 2.18 that it is not good for man to be alone. And so the whole idea in leadership is we gather people together. I believe we equip them, empower them, and energize them to go fulfill God's calling in their life in one way, shape, or form, to discover who they are, to discover why they exist, why they breathe, what they're made for. And, And that's, to me, the funnest part of leadership, doing that. So here's the thing. What is it, though, that when leaders start doing, they can create change that has a ripple effect and affects other people's lives in a greater way and more effective way, maybe even a deeper way than ever? And here's the answer. You got to get the right people around you. You got to get the right people around you. And there's a book called The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. To me, it's a must read for every leader who's out there. And it doesn't matter how old it is. What's in it is good stuff. What in it is based on solid research. Plus, it's a very, very interesting book to read, period. But in the book, Malcolm Gladwell points out there are three kinds of people that if you can gather them together, focus them on the same thing, that they're going to create change in a way that's off the charts amazing. So I want to talk about the three kind of people you look for. See, here's the thing. When I discovered this, I was doing next generation ministry. So what I did, I would go on junior high campuses, high school campuses, and college campuses, and I would look for these three kinds of people. And, and when they got together, when I could reach them for Christ, when I could get them focused on the mission, when I could get them teaming with others, I mean, we saw our ministry explode. Uh, matter of fact, I was in a church back then where we were probably running about six or 700 people, and over the course of time, we ended up seeing our next-gen ministry grow to over 1,300 people. And, and And it was, so exciting and so fun and so energizing. And the reason was because I look for these kinds of people. So what are the three kinds of people you look for? Number one, uh, they're called connectors. They're called connectors. Barnabas in the Bible was a connector. He, he knew people and he cared about people and he would connect them into uh, other with other people. And so here's the thing about connectors. According to Malcolm Gladwell, connectors are people specialists. Now, how do you know a connector? When you're saying like, hey, I'm thinking about going to Orlando, and they go, oh, I know somebody who lives in Orlando. Or you think, I'm thinking about going into L.A. Oh, I know people who live in L.A. Or you know what? I was thinking about going to Mammoth. Uh, do you know? And they go, oh, I know all these people. You should talk to them because they've been to Mammoth and they had the best trip ever. Connectors know people and connectors care about people. And so that's one of the things about connectors that are so amazing. They're people specialists because they love people. And they know tons of people. Like they know people everywhere. They know people who do everything. They know people who, and and everybody knows who they are uh, because connectors love people. And it says connectors, one of the things he said, connectors are people in a community who know a large number of people and who are in the habit of making introductions. Now that's a key word there. Not only do they know people, they want you to know the people. Because when a connector knows you, they care about you, but they also care about you meeting other people who have interests like you have. And they're like the best ever. Like, so what'll happen is uh, you'll get around someone who's a connector and they're going to go, Oh, you've got to meet so and so. Because you guys would click. And when you meet so and so, whoever so and so is, guess what? You click and you're going, Man, I love being around them. So when I was doing next gen ministry, I would look whoever the connectors were. Connectors knew everybody. In- In every group that was kind of a wild thing because you know how sometimes in especially a, a younger generation people can get off in their separate groups and and yet a connector knows people in each of the groups and they have friendships with them and like them and enjoy being around them and they love getting you to know who they are too so connectors have this amazing ability to connect And the reason is because they are connected. (laughs) It might seem pretty simple, but here's the key. You want to know who you have in your life who's a connector. And when you want to create amazing change, you want to know who the connectors are because they'll connect others. And and I have a friend who's doing ministry in um, Missouri. I'm trying to think of the town of Missouri. But anyway, here's the thing. Their church set a goal of identifying 500 connectors because they know they could change the world with 500 connectors. By the way, you actually can change the world. You can create a worldwide movement with 500 connectors. So the thing about a connector is that they they tend to know a lot of people across a wide variety of instances or circumstances in life. Uh, They know people socially. They know people culturally. They know people professionally. They know people economically. uh, uh, They know people who are out there living in certain cities, experiencing different events. So like if I were to go, hey, I want to go rock, climbing, a connector would know people who rock climb. If I want to go to Yosemite, they'd know five people who just went to Yosemite. Uh, If I want to know photography, they'd know people who are into photography. And people love connectors. Uh, So if you're a connector, people love you and you love people. And people who are connectors can actually change the world. So here's the question. I'm going to give you five questions. And if you answer yes to four of them, then you're a connector. Uh, Number one, do you know a lot of people? I mean, you really know a lot of people. That's not bragging, you just do. Number two, do you like people? You really like people. Uh, And you look forward to being with people. Number three, do you tend to remember people's names? Now, that is an interesting one because that really is the mark of a connector. They not only know people, they know their names in a second. And they know lots of people and know them by name and know their interests. Uh, Number four, Do you enjoy going to parties and meeting new people? Uh, I'm going to be honest, I'm not a connector. Okay, so whenever I, I'm an extrovert, but whenever I have to go to a setting where there's all these people and I don't know them, I just am like, oh man, this is so draining. And I don't like making small talk, but a connector will walk into a room and they can't wait to meet everybody. And I have a couple of friends who are connectors. And one time we went to this particular event and by by noon of that event, they came over going, oh, I met, and they can name all these people they met and you gotta meet them. And, and I'm going, you guys are like awesome. So, because of connectors, I can sit back and not have to do all the work. (laughs) And they'll do all the work for you. So, do you know a lot of people? Do you like people? Do you tend to remember people's names? Do you enjoy going to parties or other social events and meeting new people? And, And how about this? Do you have just a recollection or a collection uh, of the acquaintances who are out there, of the people you know, and you know where they are and you keep up with them? And by the way, I think connectors are probably in the social media world more than ever up on whoever, what everybody's doing, who they're seeing, what they're interacting with, how they're making it, because they just love people. And it's a genuine love, a genuine interest. And by the way, a connector never uses people. And one of the reasons connectors are so good, they don't use people. They love people. They wanna help other people get to know more people. They value people, but they don't use them for their own gain. They just have a genuine interest in them and a genuine desire uh, to make people's lives better. And so that's what makes them so incredible because they're people specialists. They're people specialists. They love people. They're curious about them. They're interested in them. They're attentive to them. They're fueled by them. And, And when you get some connectors in your life, and you begin to start trying to create movement, there are other people who can go out and recruit people like crazy because they know everybody, and they know whether they would like it or not. Uh, So for instance, let's say uh, we're going to uh, get a group of people to go to to Kenya together. What I would want to do is get a connector to be on my team, and they would go out and get other people to want to be on the team who they know down, they know intuitively, would love it. And they know who wouldn't love it. And they would never go get someone who doesn't love it to come do it because they knew they wouldn't like it. And they care too much about them. But they could find all these other people who love to do it. And so what happens is whenever you want to throw a party, get a connector and you'll have a big party. Uh, Whenever you want to do a project, get a connector and you'll have a lot of people coming to do the project with you. Uh, Whenever you want uh, to to start something new, to do an innovative idea, get a connector and they'll figure out who would love that idea and who will be a part of it. So connectors. So I always want to have connectors on my team and uh, we actually do have connectors on our team here. Uh, And by the way, part of it is I'm married to a connector. My wife, Pam, knows more people who love more things than anybody out there I know. And everybody, by the way, this would be true, right, guys? Everyone loves Pam, and Pam loves everybody. And so uh, whenever we want to go anywhere, Pam will know somebody in that city. Uh, We went to Nashville, and Pam uh, arranged for me to meet like five people in Nashville I wanted to meet. Why? Because she knew them all. And this really is true. Whenever I go anywhere Outside of the, this area, outside of Crossroads, I'm Pam's husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, here, to be honest, she's my wife. But whenever we go outside of here, you're like, oh, you're Pam's husband. You're Pam's husband. You're Pam's husband. So I had this dream for Crossroads of having Herbert Cooper speak for us. Herbert is one of the most sought after speakers in the country. Uh, Herbert is one of the best communicators ever. He's an amazing pastor. So guess what? Pam is really good friends with his wife, which she's good friends with everybody. So I knew that if I reached out to Herbert, I would get a no. (laughs) So what did I do? I said, Pam, can you get Herbert for us? And Pam reached out to Tiffany, who said to Herbert, you got to do it because I love Pam. And so guess what? Herbert, even in the talk, if you go listen to the sermon, it's on YouTube, it's on our YouTube, you'll hear him say that basically, you know, everybody loves Pam. He didn't say everybody loves Chuck. So uh, that's okay. My wife's a connector. And so whenever we go anywhere, people want to connect with her. Now, I'll be really honest. Nah, maybe I shouldn't. Yes, I will. I'll do it. Get ready. But sometimes it gets a little aggravating because wherever we go, people want to be with Pam. <laughs> So that's okay. It's not really that aggravating. It's just life with my wife, Pam. So connectors, connectors. The next group, there's connectors, and you want to have a lot of connectors in your group. If you have a staff, you want to have a lot of connectors on staff. If you want to create a movement, you need connectors. The next group of people are called mavens. Now, maven is a cool name. I love it. Mavens are informational, information specialists. So A connector is people specialist. A maven, they know information. They love information. They love knowledge on a wide variety of things and an incredible amount of interest. So mavens are people who you rely on to get new information out there. And so they accumulate knowledge and they, they love to get it. So whenever a new tech gadget's going to come out, a maven's going to know everything about it and also about every bit of competition for that particular thing. So uh, I have a friend who's not even into photography, but he and Pam and I are into photography, but he knows everything about Sony. Everything's about Nikon, about Canon. He knows the differences between them, the strengths and the weaknesses, and he doesn't even take that many pictures. He just loves it. By the way, he's right on. So when I was looking at getting a new Canon camera, I got a hold of him and said, hey, I'm thinking about this. Tell me what you think. And he gave me all the specs. He gave me why it would be good. He gave me what would be a comparable model to get in a different, uh, a different company that might be really good for that. And, and I'm just like on the edge of my seat. By the way, whenever he goes into his information stuff, it's so interesting. Uh, when I wanted to know about the show Division because <laughs> I was a little lost. I got a hold of him because he knows everything about the Marvel Universe. And by the way, he's not in, that into sci-fi. He just tends to know all that stuff. And, and so whenever I wanted to know about it, I got a hold of him because I'm saying, well, what about this character? How does it fit? What? And he knew it all. And he'll have you on the edge of your seat as he talks about WandaVision. Uh, or it could be the Bible. This guy knows the Bible. I mean, he knows the word of God, which is probably the best thing about him. And then he'll know historical background so if you want to know the history of the sites, the history of the city, the history of the culture, the history of the civilization, he just knows it all. And and so this guy's like gold. So I almost never buy anything, especially major, unless I talk to him so I can understand what's going on behind it. By the way, he knows more about my Jeep than I do, and he owns a Tesla. (laughs) Is that wild or what? So mavens do that. Mavens just accumulate knowledge. So, are you a maven would be a question well, there's a test for it, and if you get more than f- if you get four of these right, then this would mean you're a maven. Number one, do you enjoy reading junk mail now i'm not just talking about physical i'm talking about it comes in on your computer and you love this to scan through it and read it and you look for things about it and you go even deeper. Do you enjoy reading junk mail? Number two, do you seek out the specials in your local marketplace. Maybe a supermarket, uh, maybe at Best Buy, uh, and you know what all the specials are. And our thing is, do you know when they're coming on sale? Anybody out there ever buy something and it goes on sale a week later? Mavens don't do that. They know it's coming on sale before it comes on sale. Uh, Number three, do you tend to watch trends and know what's in? Like, do you Just know what's popular, and you know what's, you just instinctively know this is popular, that's not popular. This is in, and that's not in anymore. And you tend to know all the trends. Number four, do you study the market before buying a new gadget? In other words, if you're gonna buy something, do you study all the competitors around it? before you buy it. So let's say you're gonna buy a smoker. If you're a Maven, you will study Louisiana grills. You'll study Traeger. You'll study uh, uh, Green Mountain. And you'll know everything about each one and know which one is good or not good. And the reason I went to that is because guess what? Before I bought my Louisiana Champion grill, I asked a Maven and they were able to tell me why that might be better for me versus something else. Which by the way, if you're a Maven, right now you're going Louisiana Champion and you're, you're already Googling it to see what it looks like. And by the way, it's an amazing three-compartment smoker. Nobody cares. Okay, except mavens out there. But mavens do that. So do you study the market before buying a new gadget? And number five, do you tell your friends about the special deals? Do you love to clue them in? Do you love to make sure they know? By the way, mavens do this because they care about you. And they don't want you to, to, to be sorry over buying something you buy or a decision you make or a place you go because mavens are awesome before you take a trip. Like Pam and I, before we went to Disney World in Orlando on our recent trip that we had planned for for a long time, we talked to two different mavens who could tell us everything that we needed to know before we got there. And man, it made our trip incredible. So a maven is someone who loves knowledge and they're information specialists, and you wanna have them around. Now, if you're tracking with me, when I was doing next-gen ministry, I hunted for mavens. And believe it or not, you might say, really, in next-gen ministry, I found a junior high guy. When I was doing junior high, high school, and college, and we were running over 1,300 I found a junior high guy who was a true maven and he knew everything about stereo systems. He knew everything about sound technology. He knew everything about how to run uh, sound equipment and what he didn't know he learned like that. He knew everything about video because back then we didn't have the budget for all that. And I brought this junior high guy in and I empowered him to run our audio, to run our video, to run our creative uh, videos that we made, to to do our video editing, to teach me how to edit to teach others how to edit and not kidding he was junior high he was junior high but when he walked in after a while everybody knew you listen to this guy it didn't matter how old he was. He just knew it all. He just knew it all. And and you know what? That ended up being a game changer in our ministry. Then we got more people like him and more people like him and more people like him. And by the way, mavens draw other mavens because they sit around talking about that stuff. They just love it. And uh, I like, I, I got to be honest, I love listening to him. I'm not a maven, but I love listening to him. And so what happens, it became changed everything about what we did and it saved us a ton of money because they knew how to do it uh, with equipment that was going to be the right equipment, not the wrong equipment. So we weren't making a lot of mistakes. And so in whenever you get ready to do a major thing, you want to know who the mavens are. You want to get their input and, and you want to make that happen. So mavens. Now, what is the third group? The third group are the charismatics. Now, it doesn't mean like a charismatic, like into the gifts of the spirit. Charismatics are in the idea of they're charismatic because they draw people to themselves. Charismatics are salesmen. Their salesmen are charismatics. Now, I don't want to use that term wrongly, Charismatics are people you get around and you want to do what they're hoping to do because they care about you, they're emotionally invested in you, they're experts on the whole idea of emotional connection and they love people and they love energizing people and they're people magnets. Uh, Connectors know a lot of people and love them. Charismatics draw a lot of people to them. People want to be around charismatics. So they are magnets that people are drawn to. Have you ever been around someone and, and just people want to come up and want to talk to them, and want to be with them, and want to get more time with them? That's a charismatic. And they tap into people's emotions. And here's why. Because they can empathize with people. They don't do it selfishly. They do it selflessly. Uh, matter of fact, it's interesting. All three of the people I'm describing are people who are not selfish but selfless. And people like being around them because they care. A charismatic knows your emotional feeling. They care about what you're thinking. Uh, They want to be with you. Uh, My assistant, Tracy, is definitely a charismatic She actually asked me before we started. One of the reasons I would say she's a charismatic is all these people want to be around her. Like when Tracy and I walk the campus, there's just as many people who run over to talk to her as me. (laughs) One time we're out there, and this person's like, I could see him coming. I could see him coming. I could see him coming. And I smile and say, Hi. And they go, Hi, Chuck, Tracy. And they like tune into Tracy, and I could just walk away. Uh, uh, By the way, I feel like I'm a charismatic too, but she really is. One of the things that Tracy shows she's a charismatic, she has the most amazing ability to mirror. Now, now, you might, wait, what does that mean? She, when you look at her, like right now, she's giving me, she's giving me a facial expression that shows she's connected to me and that she really is, is following my emotions. So when I'm telling something funny, she'll go funny uh, in the facial expression. Uh, you can see her eyes light up. You can see the smile coming. You can see she's going to laugh out loud, by the way, uh, not silently. Um, and, and here's the thing else about Tracy. When I'm telling something sad, she'll go sad. And, and her, her face follows the emotions of the moment. And she does that with everybody which is one of the reasons she's so amazing at leading our Boldly Blessed uh, initiative that we do here. And if you don't know what that is, that's where we ask everybody to give $1 more than they would normally give to the Lord. We take that money and we go out and change someone's life. Tracy is gonna care. She is going to care about each person she's going to care about their life. if she talks with them, uh, they're going to know she cares uh, she uh, we have a video of her blessing a a server in town and changing that server's life and Tracy, just as that person's talking, you can just see her face like soak into the moment and into the empathy of it and she actually stands up and goes, "Can I hug you?" And we're in the COVID crisis. you're not supposed to hug people. <laughs> Isn't that funny? So yeah, and she does that. And and by the way, people like that, you love being around because they care. And they care more about you than themselves. They care more about seeing things occur in an amazing way. And so what they're able to do is to tap into the emotions. And then the persuasion, charismatics are persuaders. One reason they're called salesmen is because they they get you to buy in. It's not a salesman dad, but they get you to buy into what's happening and, and to give yourself to it. And so when you have a charismatic on your team, then people are going to want to be a part and they're going to want to serve at a higher level or, or be more energized to be a part of it in a greater way. And, and by the way, when I was doing next-gen ministry, that was like gold. So I would walk onto a high school campus, a college campus, and I would just start listening for the name that everybody would say. Uh, another word you call those people popular. But that might even be a misuse of the word. They are popular because they care. They're popular because that that people want to be around them. And so if obviously, if I could win them to the Lord, then guess what? I would end up getting all those people to want to come to our church, and we end up winning them to the Lord, which created a ripple effect. Uh, So when I was doing next-gen ministry, uh, there was a three-year period that the homecoming queen from Glendora Charter Oak High School, Glendora High School, Charter Oak High School, San Dimas High School, um, um, Claremont High School, and Covina High School. Three years in a row, all the homecoming queens went to our church. And you might say, well, that's popularity. No, no, no. They were girls whoever people voted for because they loved them so much. And these girls all loved Christ. They all went on to be women who changed people's lives. And they did it even in their school. But the key was we were able to reach them and they were able to reach others. And we were able to move all those schools into an area of revival because we had them and people were drawn to them and they went on to be that way in college, and they now are going that way in business, and, and they're just able to make those kind of things happen. Uh, by the way, it's not only girls who can be charismatics, or women. Am I using girl in a bad term? Anyway, or women. It's it, You know what? It is, I, you watch people like that, guys like that too, and people just flock to be around them, and and then what do they do? They care about the people who come, and they care about their lives, and they care about their energy, and so what happens is a charismatic cares about what you want, and has a goal to help you achieve it. And because they're so tied into you emotionally. So let's do the charismatic test. Uh, Number one, do you speak in tongues? (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Okay, in the chat, anybody in the chat? It's a joke. All right, number one, do you find it difficult to sit still when you're hearing good music? (laughs) that's actually a sign of a charismatic It's like you can't sit still you got to move why because you're into the emotion of the song uh you're into the emotion of what's happening so it's a great test do you find yourself so tied in you can't help you can't stand it do you have a loud laugh often do you like to laugh out loud uh which by the way i love to laugh out loud and that's why one of the things i love about online is i can laugh at my jokes more than ever now because i don't know whether you laugh or not, but I do. I laugh out loud. So do you, do you laugh out loud? Do you touch friends when you talk to them? Now, I'm not talking about inappropriate, by the way, but do you tend to, 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 to touch people, and, and because you care about them, and, and you love to exchange that kind of love and care, um, are you good at getting people to do what you want them to do? In other words, if you want people to do something, do you find them saying yes? Like they just wanna do it and, and wanna be a part of it. And uh, number five, do you like being the center of attention? Okay, that almost sounds bad, but do you like that you're the center of attention? Uh, and I'm gonna get self-reporting. I, I actually do. I, I love it when I'm the center of attention. So when I go out, um, I'll have people walk up and say, Pastor Chuck, I don't wanna bother you. And I'm like, you're not bothering me. I get to be the center of attention. <laughs> but it's really, here's the honest truth. I care about them. So when someone comes up and says, hey, I go to Crossroads, or I heard your sermon, or or I know somebody goes to your church, or, oh, I, I've heard about you, or I, I really care about them. I want to know their name. I want to know what's going on in their life. I mean, I can't always stop in every moment. But man, I love being around people, and I never feel put off when they get a chance to come talk with me. Why? Because I care about them. So when I go to a place and I can get and, and I, I have an opportunity to get their attention, it's not for me. And that's a big key to a charismatic. It's, it's not about me getting the attention. It's about the fact I've connected to you and I care about you. And so when you get people who are like that, they grow the number of people they affect. Why? Because they care so much about them. They just care about them. And uh, by the way, Crossroads is a church where we care about people. And, and so I love that. So the five questions. Do you find it difficult to sit still when there's really good music on like Lauren's music, for instance, which you're going to hear pretty soon. Uh, number two, do you have a loud laugh and you love to laugh out loud? Number three, do you find yourself touching people when you talk to them in appropriate ways? <laughs> really, really important. Uh, do you find that you can uh, uh, that that you can get people to do things that you want them to do? And then number five, uh, do you like being the center of attention? And, and in other words, you actually enjoy it. You know, when you are the center of attention, you enjoy it. Some people hate it. Some people are like, don't look at me, you know, and and anyway, all right, so those are the three kinds of people that you want on your team. Now, let me say this, you want all three, and you want multiple numbers of the three, so in a smaller project, you need at least those three. In a little bit bigger project, you might need six or eight or ten, and then you want to see that grow, and then you want to turn them loose in using their gifts, Turn them loose and using their gifts. And so that's what you want to do if you want to create a movement. And Malcolm Gladwell found that if you can get those kinds of people on your team, you can get them focused, you can get them energized, you can set a trend, you can accomplish a goal, you can take a a mountain and, and, and overcome the problem that's there, you can move a city, you can move a nation, And then Jesus, the greatest connector of all, moved the world. And so we can see world-changing things happen. So I hope this is meaningful to you. I gotta be honest, I use this all the time. And I'm always asking, are we doing that? Are we seeing that occur? Are we seeing that in our children's ministry? Are we seeing that in our junior high ministry? Are we seeing in high school, in college? Uh, we're getting ready to relaunch our singles, which by the way, that that I can't wait to do, and see that happen in singles. What about in married couples? What about in our church? What about uh, in now in what we hope is so, a worldwide movement? By the way, we wanna see that happen in different cities. Uh, we're planning on going to Arizona and finding some of the people there who fit this, and in, in Texas and New Jersey, uh, And I could actually go on and name a lot more. Washington State, (laughs) Hawaii, of course. Anybody for Hawaii? All right, so we want to see that happen. Uh, But when you do and you're intentional about it and you're prayerful about it, amazing things can occur. So hopefully that gives you something to think about. God bless you and I will see you soon. And uh, may God cause you to fulfill the greatest dreams you have in your heart because you're doing the very thing you were made to do by him. God bless you.